Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Across from me, Mr. Joe McGranahan. Mr. Rub Center is our fabulous producer. We're always super glad for his help and hard work. We are almost halfway through the month of July. It is July 14th, 2020. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Later on in our program, we'll have open phones. The toll-free line will be 1-800-795. Five nine five six five. Throughout our guest commentary, momentarily, you can email us at on the market wkok.com and you can text us at seven zero two three six. What month is this? Do you mind me asking you to repeat that month? July. That's not what you said. You said July. Oh, July. Well, yeah. That's no, right. I told the truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Never mind. Okay. It's above your head. It's like the yeah. joke about the roof. It's above your head. Yeah. No argument there. <laughs> uh, with that. Back to reality. Bob Buner, back on the news line, retired Montour County District Attorney. He's currently a volunteer uh, assistant district attorney in Montour County and is an adjunct professor of criminal justice at Westminster College and is a municipal police educator. So if you're police around here or anywhere in the state, uh, say, hey, Bob Buner was our instructor, told us all about changes in the law and brought us up to date with the uh, subtle nuances, of which he'll probably have some about use of deadly force in the year ahead. Uh, He's back on the news line. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Mark. Um, It certainly is a beautiful day here in the Susquehanna Valley. Um, Bright sunshine, no clouds. And it's really a darn shame that two of our fellow citizens aren't here alive to enjoy it because of what happened Friday night down at Buffalo Wild Wings in Snyder County. And that's exactly why we hoped you would call in today to talk to us about that. Bob, what's your overview of that situation and how the whole thing played out and, uh, you know, what what the involvement of citizens was? Sure. There's um, lots of um, various issues that go into this whole uh, tragic episode Friday night. I know a lot of people are interested in uh, what's uh, the going on with the gentleman who came out of Buffalo Wild Wings with a gun and was able, I think, uh, to at least seriously wound the shooter. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to mention is the charges against Mr. Fernandez. Um, and it, it was interesting to me because... Normally, in a in a shooting like this where there's a death, the the police would charge uh, an open count of homicide, which is murder, first degree, secondary, third degree, voluntary manslaughter, or involuntary manslaughter. In this case, the state police only charged Mr. Fernandez with murder in the first degree, and let me just define that for you. It's a uh, 
a criminal homicide constitutes murder of the first degree when it is committed by an intentional killing, and then an intentional killing is defined as killing by means of poison or lying in wait or by any other kind of willful, deliberate, and premeditated killing. So the, the, the prime charge in all this is murder in the first degree. There are other charges, uh, firing into an occupied building, there's a violation of a PFA, but only one of these um, makes the defendant eligible for the death penalty, and that is murder in the first degree. Well, let's talk a little bit about the circumstances around charging someone in a case like this. If they only charge him with first-degree murder, that sets a pretty high bar. They must be fairly confident they can prove that. Wouldn't you normally would include... That was, I'm sure that was the... <clears throat> I know that my friend and former colleague, Mike Piazzu, the district attorney of Snyder County, was on scene Friday night, um, and I'm sure working with the state police over the course of quite a few hours without sleep that the charging decision was first and foremost on his mind as he analyzed the situation. And I think it was a calculated, why allow a jury to speculate about, speculate about any other of the, of the types of homicide there are when on the facts presented to the DA and the state police it looks like it's a case of first degree murder, an intentional killing lying in wait well, how can, and let's go to the, the other legal ramifications here. The current system of protection from abuse orders, as a former DA, how effective do you think what we're doing is? And if you would change it, how would you change it? Well, first of all, um, and I've said this many times, I had a tragic uh, double homicide, then suicide uh, by someone who, uh, the the guy who was the perpetrator and all this was a high school classmate of mine. He was married and divorced. He was a PFA uh, by his former wife against him. And um, she wanted to drop it. I I refused her request. But uh, later on he came and shot her and her boyfriend and then shot himself. Uh, so it was real personal to me. And what I tried to tell the woman at the time was, look, a protection from abuse order is a piece of paper. It is not a bulletproof vest. It doesn't give you immunity that, you know, there is still danger out there and you have to be aware of it. So I, and on the other hand, PFAs work. Well, in this particular case, there was a pattern of uh, threats and abuse and arrests and PFAs. Uh, can yes. there not be some sort of a check-off list when somebody does repeated threats, maybe even suicide attempts, and threatens the life yeah. of an individual and gets arrested, where they cannot be jailed? Or well, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know I, my my instructions to the police when I was district attorney in Montour County was, when in doubt. Uh, but having a sufficient evidence, arrest the person if they so much as look cross-eyed at a someone who has a PFA order against uh, them. Um, always err on the side of caution. Now, the interesting thing to me in all of this is that normally PFA orders, when guns are known, there's an order by the court that signs the PFA to take all firearms in the possession of the person against whom the PFA order was issued. 
and here I, I it was known according to the news reports I read just this morning from my friend John Boji who writes for Penn Live and the Harrisburg Patriot newspaper um, the guns apparently weren't taken although uh, Mr. Fernandez was known to own and possess guns because Ms. Campbell told the police, uh, the issuing authority, so I don't be uh, examined a little more closely. Yeah, I think John wrote, a, as he always does, a complete and very comprehensive story this morning. I wondered about that, too. Uh, if they knew he had guns, his wife knew he had guns from before, sure. it would seem that that would be part of the PFA, that she would say, I know this man has guns, and they should be taken from him. And I think that was included, but the question, question is, why weren't the guns taken? I... I know, and, uh, and it's it's very unfair without knowing all the background of this, but uh, our sheriff in Montour County would serve the papers personally on a defendant at the residence and not like you do in civil matters when you're serving papers. The sheriff's office will call somebody and say, hey, could you come in and pick up this paper? When it came to PFAs, the sheriff's office went to the residence or the last known address of the person. Here's the paperwork. And it says here there's a, an order to confiscate your firearms. Give us your firearms. We're here now. And it sounded like, at least uh, on uh, as reported in the paper, that they called Mr. Fernandez, the sheriff's office, called him to come into the office to pick up his PFA. I think uh, that needs to be examined a little closer. Well, with respect to the guns, is the issuance of a PFA equivalent to a search warrant? In other words, can I come to your house, I can ask you for your guns, or can I search to make sure you've given me your guns? Um, that's always been, uh, Joe, a really gray area. Um, most of the time, the the police will get consent to search. And, you know, they say, sir, can we, you know, we, what, like, we know you have these guns, where are they? Can we have them? And there, they, there is a court order allowing, allowing the PFA allows the sheriff's office or law enforcement to seize weapons. So, um, and sometimes what I've advised the police, uh, police or sheriff's office to do is, if the man refuses to cooperate, and then let's just get a search warrant. Stay, have somebody stay at the residence. We'll get a search warrant. We'll come back with the search warrant, and we'll find them. What should we do? What's the lesson learned here? We just went through a strengthening of the PFA laws in Pennsylvania. What's what's the next logical step? And maybe this case uh, helps I, I, you know, I don't that. know. I have to uh, readily admit that, Mark. That uh, we've we as a society have struggled with this issue um, for as long as I can remember, and even before then. And uh, we have strengthened. We've learned from mistakes. We've, uh, as you just indicated, the laws have been uh, upgraded based on the experience of law enforcement and victims groups who support um, you, uh, people that are victims of abuse. Um, but again, um, we also have laws on the books against homicide and without PFAs, and we still have homicide. So it, it does just the, the law and the way it works does not stop some human beings from violating the law, regardless of what the law says. In this case, murder. Well, I'm sure there have been some instances where PFAs have been sought by someone for the wrong reason, and they don't really feel threatened. They're just looking for an advantage in a divorce or somewhere else. But what about... Uh, what about yeah, that, that's happened, Joe, uh, but 
the real the the flip side of that coin is this: I have had time and time again where a PFA is taken and there's been a violation, and we charge the person who is alleged to have violated it, and the spouse or paramour gets on the witness stand and says, "I refuse to testify." Right. <clears throat> and that is I can't. And what I rather than withdraw the cases. Uh, myself and say, oh, gee, if we don't have a victim here, she's she or he's not going to testify. I put that person on the witness stand, ask them their name and their address, and proceed to try to question them about the relevant facts. And then I make them if they're if they're not if they're going to refuse to testify, they tell the judge. Yeah, that's a good point. And all point. that does in some instances is just embolden the the person who's the abuser. And there's nothing I could do about it. It seemed to me you said about what what else could be done. I've often felt that, first of all, the time lag here concerned me. There was like nine days between the time it was filed and the time the guy was going to wind up in front of a district justice. That's one issue. But when yep. they are when they are filed like that, it seems to me there should be an immediate intervention of some kind with a psychologist or someone trained to determine whether the person does actually represent a threat. You know, in addition Boy. to taking their guns. But I realize I that's, don't know. Yeah, I. That's a really good thought, Joe. I have to say, uh, I, I don't know how effective a psychologist or a psychiatrist would be at predicting violent future behavior. It certainly is one of those things that I don't think would do any harm okay, to the well, process all right. at all. And in terms of violations of the PFA, this idea of planting a GPS device on a victim's oh. car, that's a clear violation? Well, sure it is. And um, the other part, the interesting thing there is, and I know it hasn't been charged, but Pennsylvania has a, a wiretapping law. Now, if the police wanted to put that GPS, and we used it, a um, uh, GPS tracking device on a serial ar- arsonist in northern Montour County and northern Northumberland County quite a few years ago now, and we caught the guy, but we had to get a court order and we had a special group of state troopers trained to install it on the target's vehicle. And um, here, obviously, no court order to target somebody with a GPS. So I, I, I was going to, I'm going to look at the um, wiretap laws and see if that is not a felony, because normally it would be a felony uh, to do something like that, although not charged. Don't think in this case it's absolutely necessary to charge. What would constitute the felony, Bob? The fact that it was done at all, or the reason why it was done? Yeah. I'm thinking about a parent who wants to put a GPS on their kid's car to make sure they. Well, they can do that because it's their car. They're you know following okay. themselves. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's when you put one on your neighbor's car that becomes a problem. <laughs> or your ex-wife, or your, or your from ex-wife. whom you're estranged and threatening on yeah. a daily basis, and from whom yeah. you have a PFA sworn out. So that's a violation. Is there any screening? Can I just go to the store and buy a GPS, like a Best Buy or something? Apparently, okay. That's what, what this person did, and um, you know, it's just like drones. Uh, you can, you know, get on Amazon and buy yourself a drone. And, Buy on your neighbors, okay. or anybody else for that matter. Well, I won't ask you to second-guess District Attorney Piazzu, because I know he's a good man, and you, you feel the same way about him I do. And I do, and he's a, he's a great... I've worked with uh, Mike Piazzu on several cases t- together. He's a fine guy, and, you know, I think... Um, he, well, I know he's done a bang-up job as District Attorney for... He's now one of the senior lawyers, uh, uh, prosecutors in Pennsylvania. Um, he's a... He, great common sense. 
couldn't agree with you more. But let me ask you this, without getting too specific. What is a citizen's right to intervene? If I'm in a restaurant like that, I see something, and I'm armed, are there any obligations I have? Or, or, or Well, funny you should ask that, Joe. Uh, I'm sitting here with my Pennsylvania Crimes Code. I'm looking at um, Section 506, Use of Force for the Protection of Other Persons. Now, some people might call this self-defense or a variation on self-defense, but prosecutors, we call this justification, which is a defense to criminal, otherwise criminal activity. And uh, what, what the uh, statute says, which came into play in 2011, and I was very much involved in the drafting of it when I was my last year as district attorney, the use of force upon or toward the person of another is justifiable to protect a third party when the actor, that would be in this case the gentleman who came out of the Buffalo Wild Wings, believes that his intervention is necessary for the protection of such other person. So, so that so speaks almost directly to this case, as near as we know, and the DA has indicated that uh, no additional charges are likely in this case at this time. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I could cynically say I just wish the gentleman had better aim and we wouldn't be having to worry about a trial or any of that stuff, but I'll leave that to, uh, to others. Uh, but, yeah, this is called justification. You know, there was a, a flurry of laws going across the various states they were they were given the name stand your ground and other things like that uh, the pennsylvania law was a uh, compromise between the legislature district attorneys and police officers and others in the criminal justice community uh, to come up with something uh, that fit pennsylvania and on the other hand didn't allow drug dealers in philadelphia to have shootouts on the streets um, where you know many lives would be at risk. So the use of force for the protection of other persons, if it meets the criteria of Section 506, well, then it's justified, and that is a, a defense to any criminal charges. And, you know, I, it was very interesting to hear that. Um, somebody came out, um, and at that point in time, you know, it's probably very hard at that crime scene with bullets flying everywhere, who the bad guys are and who the good guys are. So it's on the so I caution that something like that is just fraught with problems. But executed uh, according to your remark by the book and in a satisfactory f- fashion at the right person and uh, yeah. But it begs the question about civil liability if there is any. You know that's a good question and. Um, the question is, who would be civilly liable? Uh, I don't think Mr. Fernandez has any uh, funds to be able to pay any civil judgments for doing all the shooting. Um, I don't think he could be uh, Mr. I think it's Frankel was his name, the, the fellow who came out and uh, was able to shoot and take down uh, Mr. Fernandez. I don't think there's any liability there, although... 
I wouldn't be surprised if somebody tried to assert it, but uh, I don't see it. Well, for example, suppose the restaurant in question was a gun-free zone where they had a sign-up saying no firearms permitted, and someone enters with a firearm and winds up doing something heroic or good in the preservation of uh, trying to preserve other people's lives. Does he yeah. bear any responsibility in that regard? You mean the restaurant owner? No, the the person who violated the restaurant's okay. policy, if you will. That's just a that's just a civil rule. There's, I mean, uh, the only remedy that the restaurant would have, Joe, would be to ask the person to leave, and if they refuse to leave, charge them with trespass. Okay, fair enough. That's okay. the only remedy a private person would have is to say, "Look, you know, you're not welcome here." And the guy says, "Well, I'm not leaving." Um, well, you, you know, yes, you are, or we're going to call the police. He doesn't leave. The police can arrest for defiant trespass. Well, Bob, I, I think we're at the, the conclusion of the stated questions that we knew we'd want to ask yeah. about. I always ask you if you have anything else to remark, and you always <laughs> say to me, yeah. Mark, you forgot to ask me the most <laughs> obvious question. So, Yeah, and, and, you, and Mark, you've done it again. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the question really... Um, what role uh, does the death penalty have in all of this? Okay. Uh, and the death penalty can only be sought by a district attorney who has to make the first decision in a what turns out to be a rather lengthy process. Um, but it will be up to District Attorney Piazzu to decide whether the aggravating factors in this double homicide outweigh any mitigating factors that he could present to a jury to ask the jury to return a a penalty of death in uh, a case like this. And let me give you some of what I consider to be, and I don't, again, I'm not speaking for Attorney Piazzu, but first of all, and that one aggravating factor, uh, Mark and Joe, is that two, it was a multiple homicide, two people were killed. Secondly, it was a an aggravating factor that's clear in the law is that it was a violation of a protection from abuse order. Third, there was stalking. Fourth, there was lying in wait. And fifth, there was uh, shooting uh, at the buildings that could have harmed other people, uh, third parties that were also innocent in this. So there's a number of potential aggravating factors. Um, the mitigating factor might be, and I don't know this to be true because we haven't I haven't seen any criminal record for Mr. Fernandez, but if he has no criminal record, which it would surprise me if he didn't, uh, that would be a mitigating factor. That this so, was his first offense kind of thing. Well, we know that not to be true. So There's obviously, right, right. Men, do you think there's mental health issues involved here, Bob? Uh, and, I, and Mark knows this very well, Joe, in my background. I'm a mental health review officer. On a weekly basis, I get involved with individuals as the, as the in essence, a, the eyes and ears of a judge to make determinations about com mental health. And I've lectured on both insanity defenses and incompetency. And based on what has been presented so far, I don't see any mental health issues to mitigate the situation. This is a man who had the wherewithal to buy a tracking system, have a gun, uh, install a tracking system, follow it somewhere, know exactly who his targets were, and then carry out the plan to uh, execute them. And so, leave a note yeah. that he planned to. You're right. That sounds like somebody... Yeah, and he a... left a note saying how he was going to do it. So 
I don't, uh, that is not the ravings and rantings of uh, somebody who is legally insane. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank Thanks, you so Bob. much, Bob. I appreciate that. I think we can get you back in the studio in the month ahead, so we'll let you know about oh. that. Thank you so much for all your insights and wisdom. We appreciate yeah, we it. We really do, Bob. Thank you. Always a great to talk to you, uh, Joe, my good friend, and also Mark, my longtime friend. <laughs> thank you so Take much. Take care, Bob. Bob Buner. Bye. Yeah, I used to call him Bob Buner Jr. That's how long we've been friends. So, Bob Buner, retired Montour County District Attorney on the line. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got open phones right now, 1 800 795 You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com or text us at 70236. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Sunbury Mayor Kirk Karlovich announced he's not seeking re election next year. He says civil service laws prohibit seeking election while he's in his current employment, and the mayor issued a statement last evening saying that he's grateful to the community members for electing him as their mayor, supporting him along the way and allowing him to serve in this great community for four years, the last year of which will be at the end of 2021. He encourages individuals who wish to step up and run for mayor to do so. He does say there is a a core group of individuals who are smart uh, future leaders who are vocal in Sunbury. The slow trickle of of details continues to come out regarding the state police wreck last week during Friday night's homicide response. State troopers from the Stonington Barracks investigated the crash while troopers at Sealands Grove were at Hummel's Wharf. Troopers say an SUV operated by Corporal Jason Katia of the Sealands Grove Barracks with lights and siren activated was driving north, went through the red light at Roosevelt Boulevard and hit a pickup truck going through the intersection. 66-year-old Thomas Beaver of Hummel's Wharf was uh, driving that a pickup truck. There were no injuries.
Police State Police don't attribute fault in their description of the accident, nor do they say if any further investigation nor citations are appropriate. You might have been listening to this show last Friday when Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, said a lot of our jobless numbers around here are doing fabulously and are on the way up. Uh, He said Snyder County has a jobless rate of 10.3%, Union County 10.1%, 9.1% for Montour County and Northampton County 13.3%. If you go to the Wanger's grocery store near Mifflinburg, you'll be greeted by a sign indicating that some of these store's occupants will be wearing a mask and others will not. It also indicates that some members of the LGBTQ community help spread diseases and sickness. That prompted social media backlash and some people saying they won't shop there anymore. Of course, there's a corollary number of individuals who say they will begin shopping there. There's also a call for a Wanger's Pride Parade later this month at that location. Organizers of the parade say it's Saturday, July 25th at 1 p.m. Contacted Monday, Mark Wanger, the owner, said the sign is still up at the moment. He wouldn't elaborate, uh, but said he wanted to tell everybody God loves everybody. Union County has its one hundredth COVID-19 case in their daily update Monday. State Department of Health confirmed one new Valley case. It is the hundredth case in Union County. 476 uh, cases reported statewide. We're doing great hospital-wise. Governor Tom Wolf's top health official, Dr. Rachel Levine, says that Pennsylvania's hospitals are not challenged at this moment despite a recent rise in the number of confirmed coronavirus cases. Activists in Allentown are pressing their demand for police accountability after bystander video emerged over the weekend of an officer placing his knee on a man's head and neck area. Activists say Allentown police appeared to violate their own use of force policy against neck restraints when an officer used his knee to bear down on the man's head. Police launched an internal probe and promised to release additional video. The protest dubbed Demands Will Be Met was scheduled for last evening with demonstrators planning to march to Allentown City Hall and to the police department headquarters. And let's see. The politically liberal city of Berkeley in Northern California is considering a proposal to shift traffic enforcement from armed police to unarmed city workers. Supporters say the separation would curb racial profiling and reduce police encounters that can turn deadly, especially for black motorists. Backers say they believe the proposal before the Berkeley City Council today is the first of its kind in the U.S. Numerous studies have shown African-American motorists are more likely to be stopped by police than whites for minor traffic infractions and with tragic consequences. The death of George Floyd after a white officer pressed a knee to his neck has prompted calls for broad policing reforms. So that is in the news. Are you happy now, police reform? I know you want to talk about that. No, I thought we had other topics to talk about. We, we got a caller on the line. Yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We're enjoying open phones. Good morning, Billy. Thanks for calling in. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Perfect. You? Yeah, we're hanging in. <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, the news headline that you just read about uh, wingers, or m- maybe it wasn't a headline, maybe it was just your your recap <laughs> of the issue. But anyway, I, I'm 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 looking actually right now at the at line number nineteen on the 
store posting, and I'm not taking it, I guess, the way you guys and some folks out there are taking it, that uh, the LG, they're, they're saying that the LGBT community spreads COVID or... Uh, disease and sickness, I yeah, think. Yeah, disease and sickness is the way they put not it. Not specifically COVID, although that may be their intimation. Who knows? Yeah, well, I, I saw, I, I've seen a couple of posts that that made some connection that that Wingers thinks that the folks that are in the LGBT community have uh, more proclivity to spread COVID, and I don't read it that way at all. To me, what the statement is basically saying is, look, there are people who are out there. The news media and others are blowing COVID out of proportion. These same news media and, and leftists that are blowing COVID out of proportion also support LGBTQ. They believe that LGBTQ lifestyle spreads some certain diseases uh, more prevalently. I would think sexually transmitted diseases if they're living a promiscuous lifestyle. And uh, because of that, they're saying, look, this looks hypocritical for you to be all concerned about health on the one hand while, on the other hand, you're supporting a lifestyle that is more likely to spread sexually transmitted diseases. But wouldn't a promiscuous heterosexual person be just as likely to, to do that? I would, I would say yes, and I would think they would say yes. So why single out the LGBTQ community? Uh, I, think they're do- they, I think they're doing it because they see that as part of the leftist agenda in our society to normalize LGBT lifestyle. And, and, and so to them, they're not, just, they're not just standing up against the hyper-reaction to COVID, but they're, they're standing up against leftism and liberalism in all of its forms. And so they're lumping those two together to say, hey, because I'm sure they think, well, you know, there's there's conservatives out there that maybe are don't think they're hyped in the COVID uh, reaction to COVID. They're taking they're taking everything they, they hear about COVID from the media and others, you know, as completely serious and completely right. But so I think they're, they're, I think they're, they're taking that it to be shocking and say, "Hey, look, this is part of the leftist agenda. This is not just part of." But they don't refer to that, Billy. They they refer tradition. to it. They they don't refer to it as part of the leftist agenda. They refer to it as sin, and that's based on their interpretation of of their religious faith and the way they read the Bible. But other people don't read it that way, and I've no, reached I, other look, conclusions. I, I understand that. I'm just trying to explain what I believe based on, so, you know pretty close knowledge of my friends and neighbors within the Mennonite community of, of why they're why they're even bringing that into it at all because that's been questioned right 
Right. Well, but the whole thing is a is a overall diatribe about the media and uh, mental or not mental health, uh, public health officials' remarks and and reactions right. to COVID. And of course, they they have that in there. Uh, well, what's your overall reaction that this is even a story? I mean, Wangers put the store the sign on the front door. It relates to COVID and masks, and why you won't see a lot of the individuals in there wearing a mask, and so that's their prerogative. But uh, what's your overall reaction that this is blown up to? You know, we have thousands of people commenting on WKOK's Facebook. I haven't looked at the Daily Adams, but they certainly they have to be in the hundreds by now. People feel strongly about this. What's your reaction that this bubbled up in our community? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that it bubbled up because it seems like anything, <laughs> everything bubbles up these days. <laughs> uh, it, we're in a bu- we're in the bubble up. Hey, it's a bubble up world. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we are. So sounds like know, a soft I'm, drink. I'm bubble up. From my reading of the comments, though, I think most people are are fairly supportive of number one Winger's uh, right to to you know post their views on the front of their store. Right. And I think you know folks are looking. A lot of conservative folks, at least, which is. The majority of Union County are looking for places they can go where they don't necessarily have to feel like they've got to wear a mask or they're going to be um, jumped on by either store personnel or other patrons. So I I think in that respect, there's a lot of support for wingers. I, I think this is probably going to fall flat. Well, there, there is support along the lines. If they had dropped number 19 out of there, I don't think there would have been too many people who would have gotten their knickers in a twist over this. Because you could just say, oh, the pack of science deniers, and they don't, you know, Dr. Fauci would have a field day with these clowns. But you, when you put in number 19, you've changed the complete dynamic, and now you've outraged some potential customers. I mean, why not just put gays and LGBTQ people need not shop here because we believe you spread disease? In effect, that's how you can read it. Now, I'm not saying that's what yeah. they intended, but you could read it that way. Well, I, and I don't disagree with that with that joe i think some people are reading that but uh, you know they they're very affir- i think leaders in general are very uh loving they're very involved in community service and, and those kinds of things and I, I, other than the, the music that they play and some different things that are posted in the store i don't think it's patently obvious that that they're promoting even a bit a biblical or religious agenda i know mark said yesterday in his comments that they stand out by the road but that's just not true at all they i've never seen and and we go there very often i've had other people say they've never seen people standing out by the road doing what mark called yesterday bible pumping not on sunday you've never seen that no uh uh-uh. okay never they're they're not they're they're not in the they're not the store's not open on sunday and I can't even imagine Mennonites doing some kind of activity like that on Sunday. Well, it wouldn't be impossible for me to be mistaken, but I certainly thought that it was in front of their store where there were some folks there uh, recently. But we'll triple-check there. We'll hold that fact in in, uh, review and make sure that I'm right. Okay. Or that okay, you're well, wrong. Definitely make sure you're right. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I've been to Mifflinburg on Sunday, and I've seen it, and uh, I'm certain I, I was seeing what I was seeing, but I, I as, as you have sat across from me at this very desk, you know I am 
capable of error <laughs> annually. No, believe I know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware I'm, of that, too. <laughs> I'm just ribbing you, Mark. Right. I, so. I, I'm not saying somebody didn't stand out in front of their store on a given Sunday. Right. I'm just saying, it, it, generally speaking, I have never passed lingers when anyone was doing anything. And, you know, they have lots of road frontage. If they wanted to put religious signs up, they could do it. But the only sign that's up there is simply their you know, Winger's grocery store sign that doesn't contain Bible verses or anything. Just think, their name. I think one of the things that interests me is that, that the people who are organizing the protest or the pride parade in front of their store, you know, they all talk about love, inclusion, and, and all these positive things, and yet they're unwilling to accept someone who has a, an opinion they really don't like and really is somewhat reprehensible. But the sign doesn't say, if you disagree with anything on this sign, don't shop here. It just says how the owner feels. No, but that's what I'm saying. The owner's entitled to his opinion. So why do I need to demonstrate in front of his store because I don't like his opinion? I got you. I mean, I hear your opinion. Well, and, <laughs> go ahead. And to your point, Joe, is it any is it any different or any worse or better for a store, not that they have said this, because indeed they haven't, but if they were to say LGBTQ uh, folks are not welcome in this store, is that any different than saying than than any person saying I refuse to shop in your store because of your religious beliefs? I mean, it's it's canceling mm-hmm. both ways. Mm-hmm. But the reality oh. here in this situation is, folks are trying to cancel wingers, but wingers is not trying to cancel anyone. They're just, they're simply just saying, look. Well, you're you're technically correct, but, I mean, the way they worded that, uh, that I'm sinful and I may be spreading diseases, is not exactly welcoming, I think you'd agree. One of our good listeners sends us a note, says, Mark, 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 they've been holding parking lot church at Wangers recently on a Sunday. It isn't the store with the signs, it's the church. So yeah, actually, that I, you know what that, that brings up a good point. I had forgotten that, and I did know it at some point in the past. And it's not even a Mennonite church. I think um, some other church has has contracted with Wingers to be able to use their parking lot for parking lot church. Right. And another texter says the church has nothing to do with the store. So yeah. except they rent space from it. Well, they don't rent it. Well, he's, he says they get it for free. Okay. okay. But uh, any event, okay. All so right. you have been exonerated, Mark. <laughs> well, but I think I said it was associated with a store. So, and I was making an assumption, as Joe would say. Right. Facts, not in evidence. Right. So, all right. And you know what assumptions are. What they do. Billy, your newfound (laughs) activism and your call today enamors me more as a good friend of yours, and I really appreciate you stepping forward, not only on this and a wide range of other important topics that you've been talking about. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your call, Billy. Always appreciate it. Have a good day. Take care, man. Thank you. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We've got a caller standing by. It took him uh, 24 hours to call. We've been talking about his block of the Union County, his neighborhood, for 24 hours now, and he's finally on the line. So he's going to have to stand by just a short time. We will be back. We have other open lines, 1-800-795-9565. Two texts on this topic. So, no, just one on this topic, Uh, but we'll read that. No emails related to this. That can be sent to... On the mark at WKOK.com.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, Carl, we could not have summoned to you to phone any faster if I had sent you a message and said we were in your neighborhood. Uh, but it took you 24 hours. But I'm glad you're on the line now. We've been talking about Wanger since yesterday. You got an open mic. Good morning, sir. Good morning, everyone. Well, I wanted the reason I didn't call in yesterday, I wanted to have the opportunity to actually talk to Mark before I chimed in. Uh, Mark is a friend of mine. Uh, Mark is one of the most caring, loving, gracious individuals you will ever meet. Uh, donates more money to charity and to people in need, and he does it quietly. He does, he's not out there with a banner saying, look at me. Uh, but Mark is a very strong Christian. He believes what he believes. Uh, if you read his letter, there really isn't anything that is incorrect on it. Uh, and he worded it from the heart. So uh, but he, he's a great man, and uh, I just wish the tolerant left would be as tolerant of people that disagree with them as the people on the right are tolerant of them. Well, when you uh, say, he, he means, I'm just curious, you say there's nothing in there that isn't correct. What is your evidence for saying that people in the LGBT community spread disease at a rate more alarming, let's say, than those who are heterosexual? Well, that's, yeah. Well, they're looking at the sexually transmitted disease side of this. Uh, there's been more homosexual people die from AIDS than none, uh, and that, that's where this is this is coming from. Uh, Mark, Mark does not have anything negative against the person. It's the action of the person. Okay. Well, I, I understand yep. the, the sin part of that. Many people believe, and that's their that's certainly their right. I just, but right. when you say that somebody is perhaps more likely to spread disease than someone else, I mean that's kind of a serious charge, and I think you should have some good backup for that. Well, and I don't I don't think there's any indication that lesbian couples, even if they're uh, uh, what was. What what we're using promiscuous does which most aren't and uh, many are married spread any deadly diseases or sickness or gay men uh, you know i think there was a time when aids was associated with the homosexual community particularly in urban areas but uh, those that era long gone and well in uh, herpes it's fairly prevalent but not necessarily among the lgbt community a lot of heterosexuals pass that around and the gay men uh, that i know are married to each other or, or, you know, maybe other partners. I don't know. Um, individuals who are bisexual, I'm, I can't okay. speak 
to that or individuals who are transgender. I'm not sure what deadly diseases or sickness right. could be associated with that. But let's say, let's say, Carl, that you're right and, and that he is all those wonderful things you say. And up until number 19, he had me. I, I tended to agree with him. But when he got to number 19, he kind of lost me. Why post that at all? Why predictably do something that's going to offend uh, people that shop in your store, perhaps without your knowledge, but at the same time uh, for no no particular benefit? It's not related to the rest of the discussion on that page. No, I, I agree with that. But I think what it stems from is people were condemning them for not wearing masks and spreading disease. Okay. And he was just pointing out that there are other groups that over the decades have done things that have spread diseases, and nobody complained about that. Nobody protested that. You know, you didn't have people out protesting in front of the gay bars because they, you know. And so this, this is the okay. point that they were trying to get across. Don't condemn us for not wearing a mask if you're not going to condemn other people for doing things that have also spread disease. Fair enough. Well, and he certainly would advocate a life where uh, an individual has a committed relationship or marriage, which would preclude one from contracting a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, except potentially one time with a mate, but uh, you know, it certainly would be a, a, a free of deadly diseases and sickness associated with sexuality later. Okay, well, uh, Carl, we're pretty deep in this here. Would you like to uh, conclude? Yeah, I, I would just like people to not condemn someone for their opinion. If we're going to be tolerant, that can't we not be tolerant of, you know, everybody? And just what? Just one more thing. This is I'm going to segue out of this conversation just a real quick. I just want to say I am so proud of the gentleman. I do not know him, the 49-year-old from Sunbury, who exercised his Second Amendment right and probably saved other lives down at that shooting. Matt also was a friend of mine. Uh, I grieve for him and his family. Uh, but I, that that gentleman from Sunbury, I can't remember his name, but he is a true hero in my mind. Okay. One, one more question going back to Wengers. How do you feel or how do they feel since you've talked to them about the uh, uh, pride parade that's going to be held in front of their store on the 25th? Well, the Pride Parade, as long as it doesn't come on to their property, that is private property, everybody has the right to express their opinion. Uh, but, you know, as, as long as they're not on, you know, Mark's property there, I guess, you know, if it's a legal parade, it's a legal parade. Uh, I, I'm sure he's not super happy about it, but then again, we are talking about his store. Uh, he's getting his name out there and mm-hmm. especially here in union county uh we're a bunch of conservative rednecks as people call us and uh, i actually think he might see an increase in uh, sales because that happens a lot in these situations the opposite effect takes place so you know they're talking about it on national news now uh and uh mark's getting a whole lot of free advertisement out of this so good for mark uh i love shopping there uh it's a, it's a, it's a, I'll give them a plug. It's a great place to shop. <laughs> well, you know, the, the term parade indicates uh, an event that's moving, and I would think you need a permit to have a parade on a state highway, so we'll see how that all pans out. Well, there's a tiny little yeah. sliver of right-of-way where you can parade single file along the road. Okay. 
Well, the, the whole shoulder's there plus the whole right of way, so that's probably where they're going to parade. Yep. All right. But I, but I do think on I do think on Saturday it is the day that most of the farmers do spread their manure. So I just wanted to put that. <laughs> Might out be there. a little putrid out there, but that's all right. That's life, and in, in that's the good life. All right. Thank Thanks, you so Carl. much, Carl. Really appreciate the call. Thanks, Th- thanks for checking in. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Back when Billy was on the line, our texter sent this message. Says, uh, how many people having so much time to stage a protest every time they're offended? Just don't shop at Wingers if it offends you. They are just as entitled to their beliefs as you are to yours. And then another one says, I don't know what country your caller lives in. It's legal for LGBTQ Americans to marry. Signed, Bob. And another one, good morning. In response to the charges, can't, oh, I'm sorry, can't the police bring other charges? That goes back to our conversation with Bob Buner. Okay. All right. Well, for whatever reason, they chose not to. You know, he's right. not overcharged, as they would say. And uh, there certainly are other crimes that were committed. Other, you're talking about uh, the Fernanderers. Uh, there are other charges that c- could be leveled, plus the open count of homicide would then uh, include in the uh, charging statements all the other levels of homicide that could be uh, leveled there, and those aren't there. So, uh, to be continued. All right, 1-800-795-9565. got a caller coming in. Uh, that clears the texts and emails and uh, clears the board, so we're at a pivot point in the show where nobody's in queue waiting to go on the radio. We have a break to take? Yep. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. We've been talking about uh, PFAs and how they can be made more effective. Tomorrow, uh, Sue Mathias, the leader, uh, the executive director of Transitions of Pennsylvania, the former Susquehanna Valley Women in Transition Organization going to talk about this legal document that is a PFA, uh, what it can do and what it can't do. Uh, Joe's developed a newfound curiosity about these things, so we'll give him a chance to uh, ask a hundred more a questions. Curiosity. Okay, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll take a break. We will be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Two callers waiting, one coming in. Now we have zero emails, so send us a note at onthemark at wkok.com. And no texts at the moment. Uh, 70236 is the text number that you would send us a message if you so chose. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, Bobby D., good morning. You are on the mark expert and First Amendment rights to voice your opinion out at Wangers, I assume. Good morning, sir. Well, no, um, you know, good morning, Mark. I was just going to point out, like, uh, 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 you know, from being a Pennsylvania resident all my life, they used to have blue blues laws where certain businesses weren't allowed to be open on Sundays, uh, 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 you know, as far as retail businesses. Of course, everything's come, um, you know, a different perspective than that. But, uh, you know, at that point, of course, when the laws changed, that was up to the businesses, uh, you know, to be open on Sundays or open different days. To, I'm going to say to uh, to stay in business, uh, uh, open certain hours on Sundays. And I, I, you know, I don't know if those laws are still in effect in that, but at least with, <laughs> no. you know, from the ownership of, of Wenger's uh, um, standpoint, that they, uh, I don't know, that they, I'm going to say, have a right to, uh, uh, I'm going to say, discuss their views. Um, but also from the you know from the opposite side standpoint, you know they have a right to uh, you know organize their views also. So the fact that we can still do this 
in this country and in this state, and that I think is a, a very positive thing. Right. Everybody gets to express their views. So, yes. uh, yeah, blue laws are no longer in effect. Wangers is closed on Sunday, so is Chick fil A, and a wide range of businesses around here are not open on Sunday. And that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't think stores should be open on Sunday. But that's right. just, there's a reason they call it well, Lawrence's worth. So you're opinion. imposing your religious views on others now. <laughs> no, it's a wish. It's, <laughs> okay. it's not an imposition, it's just a wish. All right. Thank you, Bobby. Right. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling today. Good morning, gentlemen. Boy, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? It is. I keep huh. hearing that, but uh, where I where, where I stand, we are, we can't tell. There's no. <laughs> yes, I know that. You need you need those solar tubes. I keep talking about. Then you'd know. How ah, to I was okay. got to cut a hole in the wall behind me, but Mark won't let me. Well, just a oh, little I'm one sorry. for the tubes. <laughs> um, but well, I wanted to say, and Mark just made my point with his comment. You know, uh, our First Amendment of our Constitution allows for the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion. And that's the phrase, right? It doesn't say the freedom of speech so long as I agree with what you have to say. And it doesn't say the freedom of religion so long as it's one that I find acceptable. (laughs) And the only way that I enjoy my freedom of speech and my freedom of religion is that I stand up for yours. Now, I understand for some people, they struggle with the free speech, what people have to say, and the religions that other people uh, live by. Uh, but it's, it, we have a covenant, an agreement here, that we call it the Constitution, that says that we will, we will uh, honor our neighbor's right to a freedom of speech and a freedom of religion. And we have to be careful not to blunder from that path, because if you take away my freedom of speech or my freedom of religion, you open the door to me reciprocating to you the same treatment. And we don't want our society, I sincerely believe this, to devolve into some battle of religion. We don't want that here. It's, I understand for some people who passionately <coughs> adhere to their religions that that's troubling, that they believe that, that part of their faith means proselytizing it to other people. And I try to patiently allow that. I don't go around telling you to believe what I believe and to live your life the way I live my life. And I try very hard to respect your right to do the same thing. Yeah, good point. But so what do we do? Um, as Mark always says to me, isn't there anything you feel strongly enough about that you would protest? Along a road. Along a road, yeah. I mean, is uh, you know, do I have a right to say, I don't like your religion if it says this? And I'm going to stand in front of your place of business and tell you you're wrong. Well, then where's your tolerance? Well, there isn't any. You, you're begging You're begging of your fellow citizens, a person doing that, is begging of their fellow citizens a tolerance for their beliefs, right? Actually, they, they phrase These it a little... These are my beliefs, and you should tolerate them. They phrase it a little By differently. They say it's... someone else's. That doesn't make any sense to me. Cindy, what they... I do think you can do, and you should do, is choose to, to vote against them by not using your dollars there. All right, but they right? say it's... I, I've said this time and again. If you're not happy with the behavior of a business, it's so very simple. Take your dollars someplace else. Well, they say it's That's hate speech, power. Cindy. They say it is hate speech, and they don't want to tolerate hate speech. And many people feel they have a duty to speak up against hate speech, and that's why well, what they consider hate speech. Well, I think that it, that troubles me because 
hate speech seems the fact that I disagree with you does not mean I hate you. And so if we start defining all disagreements as hate speech, first of all, we, de- we destroy the real meaning of hate speech, right? Are these people suggesting that we go out and harm people that are different than us? Not that I know of. I didn't hear them. I haven't read this whole thing, but I haven't heard you say that they've suggested doing any harm. They've only voiced their opinion. And that's the line for me. Now, you're allowed to voice your opinion. You're allowed to go all around and say, never shop at this store again. There are stores and businesses that I don't patronize and never will, and freely say that when people suggest I go there. But I don't uh, demean them in the process. That's the sticky thing. I don't demean the speaker. Just remember that your right to free speech hinges on your willingness to stand up for that person who's offending you that they have the same right to what they believe in. Well, both I mean, when the, the we have to stop you there. We got a caller waiting, Cindy. We got to oh. stop oh, you. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Okay. No, no, it's all good. Thank well, you. But I will so say much. this: Voltaire would get run over in today's world. <laughs> okay, Chris, you're on the mark. Last caller before a quick break. Go right ahead. Well, I don't quite understand Cindy at all on that one, but that's normal for me, I guess. I mean, what are the protesters doing? They aren't saying, let's make it illegal for wingers to operate. They're not saying, let's shut down the store. They're not blocking entrance to the building. They're voicing their freedom of speech by legally protesting where it's legal to. So what's the problem there? Well, I don't I, see where it's a violation of freedom of speech. It's their freedom of speech to react to Winger's statement. And that's what they believe. Okay, what else? Well, fair enough. And uh, there are several things wrong in their uh, statement. First of all, the AOC quote, as far as I've been able to find... Is bogus. Is bogus. Right, yeah, that's proven and bogus. So, and their their uh, opinion of what COVID, how dangerous COVID is, seems to be uh, not borne out by current events, where either where Republican governors are pleading with their people to wear masks, California is shutting down again. Right, their COVID argument is out of date. Overflowing in Phoenix and uh, Houston, you know. Uh, it's obviously a danger. Open your eyes. But they're entitled to their opinion. It's not a fiction. And America has done an absolutely deplorable job (laughs) in taking care of the problem. But they're permitted to have their opinion. They can disagree with Dr. Fauci and all the experts. Did I ever say they weren't permitted to have their opinion? I just said it was wrong. Okay. Well, so, but you you think it's wrong, (laughs) so... you always say, yeah, but what about that stuff like that? But are they allowed Who's to act on? About are that? they allowed to act on their opinion, even if it's wrong, and even if you don't like it? You're I saying, didn't say they weren't. Did I say they weren't allowed no, but, to act on their opinion? But that's that's my point. The people who are protesting are acting on theirs. So here we have two people with diametrically opposed views, each of them exercising their right to free speech. Right, isn't that what, what America's? Said, isn't, isn't that what America's all about? It's, and that's what I just said. 
Right, but you don't have to characterize what mod. I don't like is the characterization. Uh, on Which one hand, now let I me let, let me finish. Wrong. I don't like the characterization on one hand that people are sinners because they disagree with me, and on the other hand, I don't like the assertion that somehow I've spoken hatefully because I've espoused my religious views. I didn't say anything about speaking hatefully. I said wrong. And uh, one of the wrong things is what Mark pointed out, and the same goes for uh, Billy, who called. Uh, the L part of uh, the equation spreads less disease. So I right. guess that makes it okay or something? I don't know. <laughs> if that's your only interest, it's disease-free, uh, intimate contact. Well, I'm st- seriously, I, mean, I don't think of any particular group as being dispensers of disease. Uh, any human group. But that's another error, error they made by including L in their uh, in their criticism, and the another and their their whole idea that COVID is is not as dangerous as it says. I mean, look at look at what's going on in the world, and look at how other countries have dealt with it, and compared to America. I mean, it's it's been a pathetic job, and putting in bogus quotes. It's all things that uh, it's perfectly legitimate to object to. Okay. Right, and they have that right. All right, we got to wrap up. And by the way, I, uh, just real quickly, I'm amazed that uh, there's been so little talk, but I'm not surprised, I guess, that on the Russian uh, bounties for American soldiers that Trump's been ignoring. No, oh, it's a hoax. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> anything anything that isn't good for Trump is a hoax. That's his standard. And Anybody that, can see it. And, of course, they didn't do this when we had more troops over there during the Obama administration. They just waited for Trump to come in. What? And offer a bounty. They didn't do it when there were more troops over there under Obama than we have there Apparently now. Apparently not. All right. They just waited for President Trump to come in well, to do uh, it. Well, certainly no, no, uh, apparently no reports were sent to Obama to that effect. <laughs> or the he ignored them. Wasn't there then. You're assuming he, he would have paid attention to them if they were. Uh, I'm assuming he would, yes. yeah. All right. Well, I don't that's... know for sure, and you don't know for sure either. No, that's what I'm saying. Happen. Just seems suspicious to me. All right, thank Why you so much, that Chris. Suspicious, Joe. Because <laughs> he's a suspicious I, you're, person. You're just making dumb. He's just making no stuff evidence. up. All right, thank you so much, Chris. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. To me. Thank, thank you. All right, we'll take a quick break. We got a caller or two standing by. We got two good emails. We're going to read all of that and go to all that shortly. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark Upper Right Hand Corner, Joe. Right. The difference between the right and the left these days seems to be that the former loves the sinner but hates the sin, while the latter loves the sin and hates those that draw any attention to it. They, the left, seem to believe that God is somehow obligated to forgive your sin and send you a federal bailout because you have suffered mightily from those that feel obligated to make the distinction between right and wrong. They do not hold with the deity that invades your conscience in that way, but are happy to support burning your car and looting your business in advance to intimidate you. Interesting point. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Next. Uh, now, to me, there's a simple test for the sign's veracity. If the term LGBTQ was replaced with another minority, say black or Asian, would this still be defended as free speech or would it be racist? Hate is hate. Love is love. And finally, I know Christians are expected to evangelize, but my opinion is this, of that unnecessary comment in Wenger's sign. I do not see what Mr. Wenger thought he was going to accomplish by starting something that was not apparent before others uh, then put in an inference to certain people really were not desired in that store. Comments regarding masking should have been made, as I noticed, too, some stores like Walmart, where there are people without masks. I always mask myself while going in any store because I think that is what we as citizens are supposed to do. This notice stipulated their easy rules. Why in the world would any business person start an issue that evidently was not there in the first place? Just poor judgment, in my opinion. Yeah, lost a lot of business, although they've gained some business. All right, Dan, you get a minute, and then the next caller will get a minute. Hey, good morning. Well, I think Wranglers were mostly talking about Union County. I think they would agree with what I said there are parts of the country that could should wear masks, but not Union County. That's where the government overstepped their bounds. So I'd agree with that. And I must say, some of the best friends I've ever had since youth were Mennonites and Amish. They never forget you. And you meet them like 30 years after you knew him there, your friend right again, and you pick up right where you left off. And I, for one, am thankful to the Lord for the Mennonite and Amish communities we share in, in our area. central Susquehanna Valley. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. You really, got, you have a boy. great one. Hey, you, you too. too, brother. Thank you. Stan, you're next up on On the Mark. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, you or Joe said that uh, asked uh, Mr. Buner about the, whether he thought the shooter down there was had some mental issues, and I know he said legally, as far as legal standards go, for uh, that's not going to be a defense for him. But consider this: don't you have to be just a little bit crazy to go out and shoot people? I think so. Just a little bit. <laughs> I think so, but I don't think that should be a defense for your actions. Right, but you'd, you'd have well, to. I agree. That's no defense for it because he knew exactly what he was doing. He premeditated. You know, he was tracking her. He did whatever he did with the gun, whether he built it or, or hid it away or got it illegally. So he, he knew exactly what he was doing, but you got to be just a little bit crazy to go out and shoot somebody intentionally like that. But he's lucid enough to know right from wrong, and that's clear throughout of all of his remarks. So exactly, that's, and I agree with that. That's I mean, he knew exactly him. what he was doing. So, But, yeah, he, he had a screw or two loose in there, and and that's probably one reason why he was not allowed to own purchase or own firearms to start with. 
Right. He had some screws loose. All right. Thank so, you so at much, At one Stan. point, uh, the Thank reporting you. says he owned an AR-15, so he would have had to get a permit for that, wouldn't he, Stan? No, not if you build it yourself. Oh, not if you build it yourself. Built okay. from scratch. Uh, Lance, you're on the market. You get the last minute. Go right ahead. Okay. Um, I think that uh, when it comes to religion and sexual orientation, I believe old Thomas Jefferson said it best when he said that, Away, the way a man chooses to practice his religion neither breaks my leg nor picks my pocket. And that's exactly the way I feel about it, both of them. And uh, insofar as uh, inclusiveness is concerned, I get the uh, union paper yet. You know, I've been retired many years, and they, of course, are stumping for the Democrats, and they're telling how the union was always inclusive <laughs> except when you read the old charter and it says preamble american born white men sober of good moral character skilled in their craft and given to enterprise do organize okay well that takes care of that so, so much that Lance. was written in the last century right. thank you so much lance really appreciate <laughs> don't the know call. that that would be relevant today but we invite folks to visit sunburymotors.com to see the entire ford lincoln kia hyundai and pre-owned inventory every vehicle that they got on there and there's tons of them literally and figuratively are online select your perfect vehicle and purchase it online right from your home. You could even hold up pictures of your trade and get it all squared away so that you get top dollar for the vehicle you're trading in. The Sunbury Motor Company has two shops, one on North 4th Street in Sunbury with thousands of vehicles and one on Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf with hundreds of Kias. They've got the quick lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They'll pump you up with nitrogen. Go to sunburymotors.com. That's what I do and I've got. that's how I got to have that new Ford Ranger that's all picked out and ready to go. We'll see you tomorrow. SunburyMotors.com. Yes, Susan Mathias calling in from Transitions. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.